Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 52. And we have a banger. Year one in the books. Boys, it's been one hell of a ride. I hope we keep it going. This is a lot of fun. We started this thing a year ago just as a way to, to spend some time together, talk some sports, and spread some good vibes. And boys, that's exactly what we did. So go ahead, pop the confetti, baby. Let's have a day. Holy shit, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. That's, actually, that's actually amazing. That was great. Uh, shout out to Claudia there. She decked out the whole office upstairs and uh, had that ready for me. Didn't even know that was going to be a thing, but that was awesome. Confetti's popped. Let's dive straight in this episode, boys. Real quick, reflecting on the past year, is there a moment on the pub that stands out to you guys? And before we get too much in this, we have a special guest with us, our boy, Alex Rawlinson, baby. Appreciate you for hopping on. He is a hockey king. He's been a day one listener, and we always appreciate his support for us. He is the Barry Melrose of the podcast. Yeah, appreciate being here. Great podcast. Fun to listen to. Good people. Smart people. Hey, we'll take that. I've never been called smart day in my life, baby. So here we go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So any episode that sticks out to us, any special moment that, uh, damn, we had a lot of fun doing that. Honestly, for me, it was, you know, the first couple of episodes, if you go back and listen to them, it's like trying to figure out our groove, our our vibe, you know, everybody's cadence. And I can't remember which episode it was, but like we got done and we're like, damn, that actually flowed well. And like, it felt good. And I think that's like the, the moment for me is like you, with stuff like this, where it's all brand new for, for, at least for me and for most of us, it's just, you know, you can finally see progress or some sort of progression in it. Uh, and that was kind of like the turning point for me where I was like, man, this is actually, this is actually turning into like fun. It's not forced. We're just kind of, we're kind of grooving right now. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah. It was like, it just something clicked all of a sudden for all of us. And we we're like, Oh, this is how you podcast. All right. This is how you do it. It wasn't that difficult. We just made it way, way more difficult than we should have. <laughs> None of us having background in any of the stuff before. I think a standout moment for me is when we had ZT 12 on. I think it just hit different because we had watched him play ball and ball out like on TV. And it was just strange to just chat with him like pretty candidly about, you know, his progress, where he's come from. And then he kind of hopped on when he was doing his draft prep. And that, I don't know, that just stood out to me. I know we've had several guests on the podcast, but for me, it was like, dude, I just watched this guy play coastal and now we're talking to him. Like, that's pretty cool. So, that's probably my big standout moment. Yeah, hands down. I, we've had some amazing guests. And, and ZT12 is kind of like, like a, oh, man, we watched this guy ball out since he went up to Penn State and stuff. And like, dang, this is wild. Yeah, to go from what Tim said, I really enjoyed the episode with Isaiah Likely. I thought that was quite a good standout moment as well. I really enjoyed that interview. Yeah, super cool dude. Uh, and it's cool to branch out besides, you know, using our app connections to, to get out, even if it's coastal. All right. Getting out yeah, yeah. there and uh, talking to a guy like Isaiah. Because, I mean, I think that dude's going to be a baller at the next level. He's got a lot oh, of skill set. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to speak for Fitz since he's not here. Um, <laughs> I think his favorite moment, 
I can kind of envision him saying, you know, really trying the beer mile was just, it was probably his best moment of the year, like outside the podcast. I think he really loved it. You know, he didn't go full Usain Bolt and get disqualified. He just kind of, he quit. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll see what Fitz says when he actually gets on here, but that would be my uh, take for him. I would argue that it was the Jordan Russ. Oh, oh. Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. Fitz has had some great moments on here. Uh, those two moments probably do not, uh, not on Mount Rushmore uh, in his eyes, but to us, I think this whole experience has been fun. All you guys hit the nail on the head. T. Henny was a really cool dude. That was kind of our first interview, kind of rolling off, talking about sports and stuff, and, and that kind of got the ball rolling for us. Really chill dude, and him clowning UNC. Amazing stuff. And ask Instagram, Andrew Price said the exact same thing. He just loved just the T. Henny interview and, and him dogging UNC. I mean, it's always a good day when you can dog those cats. On the flip side, boys, any moment like, man, we wish we could have done that better. I don't I don't know if I should speak on this too soon because <laughs> you, you, you texted the group about a certain someone. You know what I'm talking about? Spoilers. Yeah, let's go ahead and break that news, Tim. Uh, Joey Chestnut, who I had sworn off. He was dead. Done to the pub. I reached back out to him because I'm a nice guy. I said, hey, Joey, we're going to give you one more chance to hop on the pub. He said, I got you, boys. He's coming on next Tuesday. He's confirmed for it. All right. Early in episodes, we called him out pretty pretty heavy. Yeah, I was going to say the moment that if I could go back, I would be more aggressive with calling Joey out because like, I I guess we just were a little blip on his radar and we just kind of fizzled out. And he was like, oh, I'm not going. They're they're too um, small town for him. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but all right. You got my hopes up. Joey Chestnut. I believe it when I see it. Let's go. But hey, pretty wild if he does hop on. He said he is. Last chance. This ain't no baseball. Hey, no three strikes. Two strikes. Yeah. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me. Can't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. <laughs> I think I called out Wayne Rooney for being ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you did. I kind of regret that, but you know. Hey, hey. Yeah. Piggybacking off Matt here. I think we did a segment where we did like the <laughs> ugliest person. I, I dog Billie Jean King. Yeah. That was our Halloween um, episode. That was a huge episode, boys. Yo, that was pretty beat up. I mean, we. Yeah, that was brutal. I think Fitz started that too, by the way. Yeah, we all were like, this is Hub. And Fitz comes out with like a list eight deep. And he's like, hey, you want the ugliest? You want the one that looks like a clown? Who's, yeah, yeah. Who's the freaking son? Do I, do I have to pick one or can I name multiple? Oh, no. Damn, Evan. <laughs> this, this, I had like... You gotta, gotta be nice. Because I, I had categories of like... Yeah. like categories, man. <laughs> yeah, big Halloween episode. That's our, I think, our number three most played there, which is pretty awesome. Or not, depending on how you look at it. Once again, ask Instagram and Andrew Price said, not dogging Coastal with his A likely on here. And Price, we just can't do that, man. Like, Isaiah was a good dude. I wish he was black and yellow, but that's okay. He's still a baller. So I, I liked Isaiah. Uh, Claudia said one of the favorite moments was watching Slate just suffer on the wing challenge on YouTube. And killed glad, glad somebody loved it. <laughs> he made it through all of them. I mean, yeah. he finished it. He killed it. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen a lot of celebrities tap out. I'd do it again. Might have to. We'll see how these hockeys and uh, NBA punishments pave out here and then she said least favorite fits failing the the beer mile got some quitting that dog i think with that just like salt to the wound 
he was very confident. He was like, oh, if I run like a sub seven, <laughs> if I run a sub seven, I chug this in 15 seconds, I can keep going. And we're just like, it just doesn't work like that, man. And found out the hard way. It's a Packers hey, fan for you. Karma's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All these shots being fired at Fitz. He's not here <laughs> yeah. to defend himself right now. Listeners, what Fitz happens is, when you miss the one-year episode? Yeah. All gloves are off, baby. Fitz is in Charleston. And he doesn't have really good internet right now, so maybe he'll hop on by the end of the episode. If not, he's going to keep gut punches there. This coming year, big things are happening here at the pub. Pub merchandise, it should be on your doorstep within the next five to six days. Okay, so be on the lookout for that. We already talked about Joey Chestnut coming on next week. Fingers crossed. And boys, hopefully we just keep growing this thing and getting bigger with it and having fun because that's what this is. As many hours as we put on editing and, and getting ready and researching stuff, it's just a lot of fun for us still to do. Matt, you're staying up till 2, 3 a.m. for us over there. You're a trooper. This is just this boys being boys, man. It's a lot of fun. I could talk. Yeah, I messed up on a few maps, I feel like. Yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into some playoff talk here. NHL, things are popping off. And as a pub, we were really confident on last week's episode calling our shots. Some of us deserve to be confident. Most of us not. So let's just have a little breakdown here of scores and see how well we're doing here. Nothing beats my Jays. Or my, sorry, I'm saying Blue Jays. My Blues pick. Yeah, that's where we're going to start. So all of us pick the Avalanche, except for Slate. He picks the Blues, he just goes on a whim. He said, you know what? We're going St. Louis. You called your shot. You were confident with it, and unfortunately, it didn't work out for you. Yeah, that was that was brutal. But, I mean, my pick, as out in left field as it was, it did have some backing to it. They were kind of on a little hot streak. But, you know, playoff hockey is a little bit different. Playoff hockey is way different. Bennington uh, played extraordinary to post an 8.99 save percentage. I mean, some of those games should have been 7-8 goals. And, I mean, you know, you look at his stats, they look terrible, but the man played extraordinarily well. The Avs just outclassed the Blues every level of the game. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking, I mean, there's a huge talent drop-off. You're right. I I think uh, their goaltender, the Blues goaltender, he was the unsung hero of the Blues there and just not of talent, like you said, outclassed. Moving on, Bruins Capitals. Me, Tim, and Evan picked the Capitals and boys, they got blown out four to one. Bruins, nasty on the ice. I got one back, baby. The Capitals look soft compared to what they did toward the end of the regular season. They look, they were getting bullied, pushed around. Uh, the only thought that comes to mind, I saw a meme today on, I think it was Reddit, of um, the Bruins knocking out Chara of the playoffs. And it was like of Shawn Michaels doing the sweet chin music to Ric Flair, you know, like Ric Flair's Chara. And he's like, oh, and Shawn Michaels like, the WrestleMania match. Yes, and he just knocks him out. I was like, all Rick right. Ric Flair's last match in the WWE. Yeah, I was like, okay, I, that, I get that. I, I, I can vibe with that. But like what you were saying, Parker, Caps just seem to be playing soft. And they, man, I think there's one, actually it was like a one-two hit. Like Ovechkin was getting rocked. Uh, I can't think of the exact which game it was, but I mean, he got popped like consecutively pretty, <laughs> pretty tough. So hockey, I feel like a lot of people don't realize how physical of a sport hockey is. And then you amp it up for playoffs and it's just like people just get the tar kicked out of them. And you don't let your captain get popped back to back. You've got to defend him. And no one came to Ovechkin to avenge him. Marshawn was still, you know, his little normal annoying 
terrible <laughs> self throughout the whole series. And he still had three goals. Uh, you know, he's a plus two. He had two goals on the power play. You know, the Caps just didn't know how to deal with him. And I mean, whenever you let him get under your skin, you're just not going to do well. And if you're letting him get under your skin and pop goals, then you're definitely not going to do well. So exactly. that was definitely part of the problem. Uh, you just kind of have to find a way to neutralize him. Otherwise, he's just uh, he's like a, a cleaner version of Tom Wilson. But Wilson's a terrible person. And Tuka Rass played out of his mind. He was fantastic on the whole series. And then now they're going to get a little break. So He's going to be fresh, man. And, and hot and fresh is, is dangerous in the playoffs. And Alex, I, I can't just let you dog Wilson like that. He's just a horrible human being. Come on, man. No, no respect for player safety whatsoever. None. Fair enough. He just doesn't care. You know, hits a guy in the head. The Caps post a, a thing on Twitter, you know. Uh, Wilson chooses violence. And uh, Department of Player Safety is like, yeah, that's cool. You know, no big game suspension. Kadri, you know, does his uh, his thing again in the playoffs, head hunts, suspend Kadri, you know, what was it, eight games? Wilson, just nothing. They just don't care about uh, suspending Wilson. Yeah, which is a little weird. I, I know Wilson's kind of a – he's a golden boy, especially with, you know, the Olympics and world team and stuff. He's He's been a face of the team. And so, yeah, you're right. He, he got slapped on the wrist compared to the other guys who would have, I mean, big-time suspensions. Let's move on to the other series that's done. Jets, Oilers, and Matt, you had the best line all week. You said, oil me up, baby. I'm going Oilers. And, uh, well, you and me and Slate got swept on that one. Yeah, that was pretty devastating loss, wasn't it? I mean, nobody told the Oilers to oil up, and they've lost 4 now. Pretty pretty shocking, isn't it? Yeah. it. Uh, that one hurt. Ultimate, mm. like you had the best line for them. You did all the work. They just had to I put know. the puck in the net. That's all they had to do. Honestly, next year they should hire me as a motivational speaker before every game. Um, and I, they could go all the way and win the Stanley Cup. That's all they're missing, me. That, that's it. I, we need a tear out, a tearaway jumpsuit for you and like Absolutely. a banana hammock and just oil <laughs> up. Oil up, baby. You need to trademark that and then you can sell that to them as like, you know, the uh, Bangalorean, but you could be the. The oil uh, Orion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was shocked in this series. It just like McDavid just didn't do a whole lot after the regular season he had. Um, so just uh, kind of looking at like just regular season stats, like McDavid's season was unreal. Good. 56 games played, 105 points. Second in points in the league was Leon Dreisaitl, who also plays for the Oilers at 84. Third was Marshawn with 69. Like, there was that big a gap in the non-Oilers players and McDavid in the regular season. Like, just ridiculous season. And he had four points in four games. MIA, like, where did he go? Because you're right. He was the best scorer in the league, hands down. Moving on. Wild Golden Knights. All of us picked the Golden Knights, except for Jay Gray. She went on a limb and went with the Wild. Golden Knights up 3-2. They have a chance to close it out tonight. Anybody want to change our picks here? I mean, they can't, but. Canes, Preds. I was confident. I was like, dude, Canes are sweeping the Preds. It's game over. And, you know, as I talked throughout the rest of the week with a couple of friends, like, all right, maybe the Preds get one. Boys, this series is tied 2-2. Game five tonight here in Raleigh, PNC Arena. What's going on with our Canes? Because we had a complete Cane sweep. So- really Soros missed. for the 
uh, the Preds is playing out of his mind. I think that he he shined the brightest on Sunday. You know, he didn't allow three goals in double OT, but it sounds a lot better when you realize that he's like in that OT. You're almost playing two playoff games with hockey. Yeah, I think he had 110 saves in those last two games. Just just those two games alone, like it, it was incredible. And you could definitely tell the Predators were feeding off of the home crowd. Like it was. I mean, it was a pair. Like Canes were doing it too, but I think the mix of having—I can't remember what they had, twelve or fourteen thousand in the in the stadium. Like it really played a part, and you could tell Soros was feeding off of it, and he was making some incredible saves. He also set a uh, new Predators playoff record. He had fifty-eight saves uh, on Sunday. Yeah, he broke uh, broke Predators records in both games, actually. Oh, really? Yes, he broke his own record uh, in game four, and then he broke uh, Pecorino's record in game three. So, yeah, just uh, two extraordinary games, really four extraordinary games from Saros. Uh, Definitely a big reason why Nashville is still in the series. Biggest thing from the Canes, they're missing Jacob Slavin very much. Uh, He played game one, did not play two, three, or four which means, you know, with as much penalty kill as the Canes are having to do with uh, all the penalties they're committing, as well as kind of the refs being uh, a little soft in some regards on some of these penalties. Um, Brady Shea and Brett Pesci are just burning up minutes on the ice on the penalty kill, and um, that's definitely hurting them. And just uh, Dougie Hamilton has not looked as good without Slavin out there. So I would really like Slavin to play tonight if he can. Uh, I think the Canes still can take it at home without him. Uh, as they did in game two, but that's definitely uh, definitely something they're going to need if they're going to win in Nashville. But I think uh, even if it goes seven, Canes can still win every home game and be fine. You're never really in trouble in a playoff series till you lose at home. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Once you once you lose one or you still win at home, it, it changes everything. And real quick, talk about that Smashville home court, home ice advantage, home ice advantage. Taylor Luan from Bustin' with the Boys, Titans O-Lineman. He won them game four. I'm convinced that beer chug whipping off the jersey. He got the people of Nashville into that game. That was a game changer for us. He's my favorite lineman. Yeah. By far. He, he goes to a lot of the Preds games too. Yeah. He's a diehard Preds fan. I love busting with the boys. Love what he does on the field. Canes. We need somebody like that. And look, I know a group of dudes here. Good dudes. Uh, come to PNC Arena anytime you invite us, and we'll whip it off, baby, and chug as many as you'd like us to. Got the five dollar storm brews at PNC, dude. That is a game changer. R and D storm brews are ah, chef's kiss. It's a better Miller Light. Yeah, hands down, nice light, perfect. Well, calling in right now from the luxurious Embassy Suites in Charleston, South Carolina. It's happy hour. You actually get two free drinks with your room, so uh, party in the pub. But my favorite moment of the past year, I think our Madden, our, our rundown of um, – it's just our Madden episode. That was one of my favorite episodes that we dropped. It was a really short episode, but it was fire, the whole content. So when Madden – I guess we're on Madden 22. I think that would be the next one. Um, but the next Madden release, we got to – we definitely got to do another Madden episode. That was that was one of one of my favorites. Honestly, that that may have been the episode that I was thinking about because, like, mine fits was when we all like we had finished up an episode. I couldn't remember which one it was. 
we all just kind of were like, dude, that flowed like really well. And I th- that was like my favorite one. It's just when we all just kind of finally figured out our cadence and mesh points and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. I think that was one that was kind of like, oh, like we do have a good balance. Yeah, hands down. Uh, any moment you wish like, man, we wish we could have take that back or do it better from the past year. <laughs> uh, anything between like our first episode, like maybe <laughs> our first 10 episodes. <laughs> I love the uh, old transitions when we just did the, it was like the downbeat, like the boom, doom, doom. Yeah. And then, and then we'd, uh, we'd go to our next segment. <laughs> That's kind of like, why was that ever an idea? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll take blame. My first ever uh, editing job here, boys, and uh, I think we've gotten better over the course of the year. I think. No, it's it's really come along. It sounds really good. Um, yeah, Hacky, it sounds really clean. I appreciate it. And then, you got to start from somewhere. That's right. That's right, boys. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Now the whole team here. That's right. The whole pub here. Right. Going, looking forward to the year. Anything like, man, this is what next year is going to bring us. Spoilers. We gotta get Joey Chestnut. <laughs> like we gotta get him. I like I'm convinced. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you know. I so I, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I am. I have high hopes. I'm trying to keep them in check, but I've got high hopes that we're gonna get Joey Chestnut. That you literally said the exact same. Thing <laughs> I said. <laughs> I it's like he was listening the whole time. That's funny. That's wild. That was. He's supposed to be on next Tuesday. Fingers crossed. Oh, my gosh. If he dips on us, green light. We're going to send Adam Pac-Man Jones on him. You know what? Bring Adam Pac-Man on. I, yeah. But we want Joey. Joey first. I have first. a friend. Shout out to my buddy, Josh Abisher, avid listener. He texts me regularly. And when I send the, the episode post, he'll just comment on Insta. He'll be like, we want Joey. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's flawless every time. So. Joey Chestnut, you hear that? The people want you, Joey. Next Tuesday, seven o'clock. Be here. Be square. And then now we're talking about hockey fits. We just kind of gone over picks here. You've called a really clean series here, minus the Caps. That's what's hurt you here. But you called the Jets beating the Oilers, which is big time. I told you, Winnipeg can be a scrappy team, and I think they can take down. Are they? Would they be set to play the Maple Leafs the next round? I think they can take down the Maple Leafs. That's my deep sleeper pick. That's ballsy. I like it. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the Leafs here. All of us picked the Leafs, except for Jager. She's picking the Canadians. It is 2-1 Toronto. So the Leafs are up by a game. Good series. Well-played hockey. Uh, I'm staying with the Leafs, though. I, I like that pick. I think they, they prevail in probably game six. It's Carey Price's series to steal if the Canadians are going to win it. I mean, that's the only way they win is, is off the back of Carey Price. Um Obviously, you know, Montreal, heavy underdog in the series. Um, you know, Toronto loses Tavares in the, uh, the kind of the freak accident in game one. Obviously, you know, Corey Perry did not intend to do that. Uh, you know, he gets in the fight. They kind of move past it. You know, Canadians take game one. Toronto's played well after that. But uh, really, the only way Montreal takes it is if Carey Price just continues to just play out of his mind which he's played well so far. So it's very doable. I think it goes seven and it's just whether the Leafs can finish a game seven or not. So, which they failed to do in the past. Uh, You're right about that. Move on to a a, a really good series as well. Another one pins Islanders Islanders up with a game uh, three to two. Got a chance to close it out Wednesday night here. 
Me, Tim, and Fitz all picked the Islanders. Slate picked the Pens, and Matt picked the Islanders as well. Close series here. Go Islanders, baby. I think one of the number ones is due to lose in this round, and and I think it's got to be the Penguins. So go Islanders. Finish it in six if they can. Yeah, I really need the Penguins to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was sleeping on the Islanders like all last postseason, and uh, Parker, you and I touched on it like a little bit. Uh, I, I can't do it. You know, I'm going for Islanders. I learned my lesson. Islanders all the way. They were so clutch for me last year when you and me were doing the pickums. And I should have, I should have listened to Rollison. Really, I'm kind of regretting this pick. But the first thing I think I learned when I was going through this hockey transition was that the Islanders' defensive structure was just abnormal. And up game, it, baby. Yep. And it thrives at this time of the year. So I'm really regretting this pick, but I'm gonna stick to it. You never know. Penguin speed could, uh, could pose a little bit of a threat. You never count out Sid the Kid either. You can never count him out. What do the Islanders do that's so different on defense? Uh, they run a heavy neutral zone trap game. Um, so other teams will kind of let the neutral zone kind of flow. They'll do a lot of dump and chase with the puck um, for their zone entry. The Islanders and Barry Trotz, especially as head coach, really preaches uh, – a lot of defensive responsibility from every player on the ice. You know, even if you're a heavy scoring forward, you've got to protect the neutral zone. You've got to defend against zone entries. You've got to force the other team to dump the puck in and maybe force off a line change. You, they, It's very hard to have successful offensive zone entries against the Islanders, against a heavy trap team. Uh, but what that means is usually you're going to have less offensive firepower because you're not going to have as many breakaways because you're teams kind of like you're you're much more about keeping the puck in the neutral zone and preventing zone entries but you're also then kind of on the flip side can struggle to do offensive zone entries on your end of the neutral zone and just Barry Trotz is the king of it uh so any team that he plays with is going to be very good at that so I mean we, we saw him win a cup with Capitals before he came over to the Islanders even with a player like Ovechkin they were still uh, very productive with the neutral zone, but didn't have as much of a trap game in the Capitals, whereas with the Islanders, he's full-on trap game. How good is their goalie? Fairly good. Really, the problem is the Penn's goalie is uh, very disappointing right now. <laughs> so, I mean, he had, you know, assist of the game in double overtime, just fed the puck directly to the uh, – penguins player last night in order to get scored on i mean was not in position looked like his skate lost an edge i mean he had his glove side hand down by his ankle as the game winning shot is heading you know uh glove side high so it just uh it was really yeah it was was a terrible turnover it was a terrible play by jari jari's had a very disappointing playoff series uh for playing you know fairly well in the um regular season but i mean really the islanders you know they've uh they've played two goalies in the series so far with uh sorokin and uh, varlamov obviously sorokin's much better than varlamov posted much better through three games than uh varlamov has through two so i think it's more jari's terrible than uh the islanders goalies are good real quick idea can we start calling the islanders defense the trap house can we get that on T-shirts? Long Island <laughs> trap, tra- Long Island trap house. <laughs> oh my gosh! Damn boys, somebody like, should hire us for yeah. a PR team. They sound like the Mike Zimmer defense. This is 
what I love about Mike Zimmer. It's like stay in your gap. Like everyone has your, or like do your job kind of Bill Belichick thing. But yeah, you got to like, you got to respect a well-coached defense. Absolutely. Uh, and the last series, Panthers, Lightning. Everybody took the Lightning, except for me and Jay Gray. We're going down to Miami, going with the Thurs. They're down a game. It's three to two, game six, Wednesday night. Lightning have a chance to close them out here. Any thoughts on this series? I would love to see Lightning Canes in the next round. I think that would be an electric matchup. Can't count the Panthers out. I think they're. it was hard to take Tampa. That was a team, but you got to take the defending champs. I think I think the Lightning get done in six. Spencer Knight's kind of an interesting little story. So Florida's played three different goalies to start games in this series. I think they're the only team to play three different goalies so far. Spencer Knight's a rookie. Uh, Bobrovsky is, you know, a 10 mil a year veteran, the guy that should be, you know, playing extraordinarily well, playing to the tier that Vasilevsky does. He makes more money than Vasilevsky does, and he's been god awful. Drager, uh, I think is how you say his last name, uh, has not played well either. So, but they've still won games. <laughs> So it's kind of, you know, they, they, they started Drager. They got the one with Bobrovsky. They've started Bobrovsky. They've got the one with Drager. They've kind of flipped them around. Then they put the rookie in, Spencer Knight, and he lets in, what, one goal? So they're likely just going to keep rolling with Spencer Knight. You know, they put a rookie in in an elimination game because Quinville doesn't really uh, – nothing really phases Quinville. You know, he's won multiple cups as a coach. An extraordinarily good, intelligent coach. Um, so he doesn't really have to risk his job if they drop this playoff series. So, you know, why not just go ahead and go to the rookie? The great one is the fired one, Wayne Gretzky, being let loose from Edmonton. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what the story is completely, but uh, it popped up on my feed that Gretzky had resigned from the Oilers front office. Probably had something to do with them getting getting dogged, but I'm not 100% sure what the actual development is. I'd be eager to figure that out. Allegedly, he's going to be an analyst on uh, one of the uh, sports networks. I'm here for that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be even better. Yeah, I bet he yeah. has some crazy perspectives on some things as far as why they're running a play or what a player is doing. That, that gives like the general audience something new. I, I see him similar to like a Romo where he gives you more per- of a perspective of like that position and kind of saying, well, it's setting up because of this, or I don't know. I, I think that could be awesome if-, if he goes that way. Yeah. I'd be definitely interested to hear what he has to say in that regard. Uh, obviously he has not been successful in like a coaching role or a front office role. Cause it seems like, well, you know, you just skate past the three guys and put it in the back of the net. I don't know. What are you <laughs> doing wrong here? Yeah. It, sometimes the best players are not the, uh, the best teachers. Uh, my favorite example is, you know, what did uh, Bill Belichick ever do in the NFL? Yeah. Hands down. You're absolutely right. Uh, very few can play the game at a high level and then coach at the high level. And, and Gretzky just hasn't been able to get the job done. But <laughs> Steve Nash. <laughs> all right, Steve. All right, Nash, Nash. Yeah, touche. No, I'm saying I think the Nets, everyone's hyping up the Nets. I think they're doomed. I, I think, well, we'll touch on the NBA. Hold on, hold on. Let's get, <laughs> let's get there. Uh, <laughs> listeners who don't watch hockey who maybe don't know Wayne Gretzky as much besides the office quote, you know, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, right? This is like Michael Jordan deciding to do commentary for NBA. Like he is the great one. He is the, the face 
of the NHL for, for decades, pretty much. Uh, so this is a pretty big deal if he does do analysts. And honestly, I really like NHL commentators. I haven't came across – I've came across very few commentators who I hate. We did a segment a couple couple months ago with NFL commentators that we were like, I cannot stand them, or college football commentators. There's very few NHL commentators I'm like, dude, I've got to mute this. All of them are pretty knowledgeable, pretty good. I think he gives an, an extra advantage just because he's Wayne Gretzky. Actually, and I actually I gotta hop I gotta hop off here. My brother and I we're on vacation. We gotta play some gin rummy, but uh, absolutely I do I do have to say, LeBron's shot his three point against the Warriors was the stupidest thing I've ever seen, and Chris Paul going down against the Lakers and being injured is just heartbreaking to say the least. And I have not paid any attention to Aaron Rodgers because I'm on vacation and I don't need that stress right now. But with that being said, I'm glad I got to hop on for the one year Annie. And hopefully I'm on full disclosure with Mr. Joey Chestnut next week. I have fingers crossed. Fitz, happy one year anniversary to you, my friend. Have yes, a great vacation. Happy one year. Raise a glass one year. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wish you well. That's right. Hey, that's going to wrap up playoff hockey for us round one. Now, punishment. We've got to talk about punishment, and we've got to get one tonight, boys. What the hell are we doing for the loser of the NHL playoffs? Rollison, you're a special guest here. I'm going to put a lot of weight on your back here, a lot of pressure. What is our loser doing for the NHL playoff pickums? All right, this is uh, just a way to throw me on the spot here. That's what we do um, best. I have a feeling he's going to do something with mac and cheese. That would actually be a good challenge, like a pound of mac and cheese. You just got to eat it. See, I, I was thinking Jesus. <laughs> losers blindfolded. You eat the each of the winners chooses a food of some that's type. What, and loser has to eat the food of the choice of the winners. Each winner gets to choose and uh loser's blindfolded and has to eat that. Hey. So that gives you each of the winner kind of, you know, a little bit of their own like spice or flavor to the challenge, and then the loser doesn't know at all what it's gonna be until they dig in. I'm here for it. I and love so, it. Well, it, it could be tricky with Matt because, you know, so like, let's just say Matt lost. Mm. Okay. How would he blindfold? And then, well, he would... he'd have to bring a, he'd, he'd have to bring another person in, I guess. Yeah. You had and, to bring a uh, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. get assume I'll, friends. I'll get a mate. <laughs> well, don't assume that much. <laughs> uh, get, yeah. I'll get someone to buy, buy the food from like local, like, you know, Tesco's, whatever. And we'll Venmo them. We'll yeah, find yeah, the money yeah. somehow too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll yeah, whatever the food is, I'll eat it. Blindfolded. Let's I'm go, so baby. I'm so I, I wanna say though, somebody that's lost, I feel like there should be some sort of You do not get amnesty <laughs> from this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying I feel like if there's just some things that like it's just a no no for you. Yeah. I so feel like, like you should get like one veto potentially yeah. of some type. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I mean, maybe if you're you magic nuts, not gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Loser, obviously. <laughs> loser gets to pick, I guess, like five no foods. Yeah, and I'm, I'm those, totally those are like hard off limits because you know we're talking about food here. Yeah, that's fine. And then uh, winners get to pick after they know what the five no's are. Then the you know loser knows. All right, I'm not gonna be eating these five things no matter what. I'm totally down. Here's the Rollison, baby. Yes, sir. Great, great punishment. Moving on, NBA 
little hoop action. Rawson, you watch a little basketball, right? Yes, but definitely not as knowledgeable in NBA. Hey, you're going to fit right in with this, dude. Don't worry. Uh, Matt, last week, put in context here, Nugs thought it was chicken nuggets, not the golden nuggets like Denver. <laughs> so, fit, you're going to fit right in. Yeah, it happens. All right, a series that we didn't think was going to happen, right? We said Lakers, Warriors, loser, obviously going to take care of the Grizzlies. Life's good, whatever. We move on. Memphis stunned the world. A, LeBron, Fitz already touched on it, hit that three in Curry's face. They move on. Then, Clipper, or sorry, Warriors have to go against the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies just out-dogged them. And they get their chance to the playoffs here. They're going against Utah Jazz. And they're up 1-0 against the Jazz. How are we feeling about this? I picked the Grizzlies, so I'm okay with this. Yeah, you and me both picked the Grizz. I think everybody else picked the Jazz. Aha, good luck, everyone else. Still early doors. I've, you know, I feel confident in my picks. Yeah, it's only one game. Like, it's it's yeah. super early. Yeah, and, and they and Donovan Mitchell didn't play. So, if he's he's already been cleared for game two, I'm just saying. That's a game changer. Game two happening Wednesday night. We'll see what shakes out, but the Grizzlies – a lot of young talent, what could become, especially if they keep growing and developing their talent. I mean, the Grizzlies could be a force here in the West, which that's still weird. Why are they in the West? I digress. Uh, Suns, Lakers. And before we get in the series, I've got to talk about LeBron, Flop, James. What in the world, dude? He stays on the court for 84 seconds. That's more time than Joey B spent on the turf after he tore his ACL. And LeBron wasn't even hurt. Soft. He needs to just hang him up. <laughs> Call for his retirement? I'm calling it right now. You're talking about Joey B? No. <laughs> LeBron. I think he's, uh, I think he's done. He's no, always been a done. He's always taking playoff games off, though, right? Like, it's always been the criticism of LeBron. You know, he just, uh, you know, will kind of coast in a playoff game and then turn it up, like, the very next game and just, like, go completely off and just dominate. Yeah, just, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. He, I think that's one of the things about this generation of basketball players that a lot of people don't like is a lot of them tend to take – what do they call them now? It's just, like – I can't remember the term they use. Load it's management? Just, yes, load management is what it's called. And I, I don't know. I think that's why, like, realistically, I am a LeBron fan, but I don't think that you can compare to uh, how MJ and, like, all the all the old heads used to do it. I mean, those guys didn't take days off. They were constantly competitive, and it wasn't just a, hey, I'm just playing for the playoffs type thing. Yeah, I saw a post today. It was like, MJ and Kobe were always trying to convince you they weren't hurt, and LeBron's trying to convince you that he is hurt. I think it's just a different game now. It's just a different mentality now. Still uh, an extraordinary player. Still oh, think the Lakers probably win the series, but I, I think he's a yeah, absolutely he's an extraordinary player. Uh, let's dive into the series. Suns up one zero, uh, going to game two tonight. Uh, everybody picked the Suns except for Slate riding the Lake Show. You're dang right. LeBron James. <laughs> is AD still out or is he in? Do we know? I think he's game to game. Yeah, I'm all for like what Devin touched on. 
I mean, load management, the science behind it, I'm for it. Like, it makes sense. I know from, like, a fan perspective, it kind of stinks. LeBron has a history here, and it hasn't always been successful. I know his earlier years, he really got stomped on by <clears throat> the Pistons, but you can't take day, you can't take games off in the playoffs. Like, like there's no load management in playoffs. So, quit your flopping or hang them up. Get rid of the the shoes because you're done. I don't know if I go that far. I'm a certified la hater, but he's still pretty cool to watch, though. Except when he does shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, the Denver Chicken Nuggets. Going against Rip City, Portland Trailblazers. This series is tied 1-1. Both games just wide open. Blazers win 123-109. to Game two, Nuggets win 128-109. to Wide open here. Me, Fitz, and Matt pick Rip City. Tim and Slate pick the Chicken Nuggies. Let's go Nuggies. Seth Widener would be happy about that. Pure Spectrum CBD oil is real happy about that. Being based out of Colorado. Go ahead, use our code PUB20 for 20% off. All their products. Ah, Chef's Kiss. Phenomenal. You don't want to miss it. Just gave some out this past weekend. Everybody loved it. Great stuff. Don't want to miss it. Use our code PUB20 at PureSpectrumCBD.com. So you said the series is tied, though? Yeah, series is tied 1-1. I, still, I, I think I still like my pick. I mean, yeah. the Nuggets have a... Talent-wise, they should win. Talent-wise, they should. They have Joe Kitts, right? Yeah, Joe Kitts. Portland's got Dame time, but how yeah. efficient is he in the playoffs? That's the thing. Like he's, I feel like in the playoffs he's hot and cold. Like when he needs to be hot, he's there. But I think with Lillard, it's more of a consistency thing for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on, Clippers, Mavs. Mavs stole Game One. Technically, they're up one nothing. Game Two tonight. We all picked the Clippers except for Fitz. He rode the Mavs. He flipped a coin. Land on mass for him. Yo, I can't dog on him too much because he's done that coin flip before and he's whooped our tail. So, dude, I'm so sick with that freaking coin. <laughs> I feel like this one's definitely a tough, uh, tough matchup, but I think Kawhi is going to find a way. I think so too. And I saw this meme today and it was Kawhi just looking at Paul George, just like, what the hell? And it was like, they really call you playoff P, huh? Playoff. <laughs> 76ers, Wizards, Sixers up 1-0. Everybody picked the Sixers, except for me. I'm taking Bradley Bill in the D.C. Wizards. You got some balls. You know what? I said I'm going to go on a limb for these playoffs. I've got a couple going against the grand picks, much like Slate. Sometimes you just got to get some games up. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. Yeah, I mean, the thought process is after this first round, we're going to know who's who. And unless something really, really bad happened, there's a, I can just come back. That's right. That's all it is. Speaking of one of these ballsy biscuit picks, Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics. You know I went with my Celtics. Everybody else took the Nets. You guys are certified haters. Whatever. Realist. I mean, yeah, it's – I'm always for like the underdog, but I mean, look at the Nets. Come on, like, yeah, look at them. They're selfish. They don't play fundamentals. No good, Larry Bird. It's been a couple of weeks since we referenced Bucks Heat. Heat, or sorry, Bucks are up two zero against the Heat. Me, 
and Matt and Fitz picked the Bucks. Slate and Tim picked the Heat. You rode that train last year. It ain't working. The buck stops here. Yeah, that was the one I was like, ooh, ooh. My brain says the Bucks, but I think the Heat might steal it. It looked like they had the answer last year with shutting down Giannis. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, that's, that was my gamble there. And we're getting rocked. Still early. I mean, Slate was at a Heat game. He said it was electric. It was amazing. And maybe going to Miami changes up the vibe for the series. You never know, but I hope not because I need the Bucks to win. And then our last game, New York Knicks, Hawks. Everybody picked the Knicks except for Matt. He said, you know what? It has to be the Hawks because Barstool Sports has taught me one thing and one thing only. Nick fans are disgraceful. They're annoying. Get them out. And the Hawks won the first game. So it's early doors, as, as we've all said, for every single series. But, you know, it's looking good so far. That's right. Listeners, if you can't keep track of our picks, go to Instagram. That post is up now. Go check it out. Uh, that's it for NBA Talk. Anything else we want to talk about real quick for NBA? You know, I was trying to channel my most ESPN hot take impression on the whole LeBron retiring and hanging up his shoes. I'm just going to go ahead and on the record redact that. He needs to retire next year. So he's good for another year. <laughs> you know those pub sports talk trolls would come after you pretty hard there. So If LeBron retires, the only thing that we'll have to hear about on ESPN, right now we've got options. we got LeBron and Seth. If LeBron retires, we're going to get nothing but Steph Curry for God knows how long until they find the new, like, super, superstar. Because right now, that's really the two. I mean, you got the Greek freak coming up and uh, Zion. Zion's got his own shoes out now. I mean, well, you can't make the playoffs, but. Yes, yes, that's that's key. Like, we're talking about superstars that that are, like, already established. Type thing. So it'll just be stuff for quite some time. Yeah. That's I fair. would imagine. As long as he stays healthy. Key. Hey, you can't dog LeBron for not staying healthy. It's all fake. That whole Warriors team can't stay healthy. ACLs are real. <laughs> fake. Just like birds. <laughs> real quick, let's talk about some NFL Aaron Rodgers drama over there, Matt. I'm still not reading anything into this situation. It's literally voluntary. The hopeful, optimistic. I like it. Yeah. Um, he's ever missed OTAs in his career. Is it? <laughs> well, I'm going to be naively and stupidly optimistic. And uh, I'm, if he ever does leave, my world will come crashing down. Yeah, you and Fitz. Fitz are going to have to double up on his Bahama Mamas down there. Yeah, me and Fitz will be crying for two weeks straight. Literally. Don't worry, you have Jordan Love. Yeah, J-Love, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly what J-Love. Yeah, one love, J-Love. Come on. While we're speaking on people wanting to leave, I want to bring up this Julio Jones situation. Let's talk and about her. I want to talk about not just that. I'm cool with it. Like, I'm cool with players wanting to go to wherever. Like, that doesn't bother me. What really fucking bugs me is that Shannon Sharp on, what is it, Undisputed? Is that Ooh. the one with him and Skip? Yeah, Undisputed I, is what he yeah. called into. Shannon Sharp calls Julio on live air, and Julio has no idea that he's live. Or he doesn't, he never explicitly says that he's live and tells, like, asks Julio what he's doing and basically rats out Julio. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? I, I, that just bugged, that bugged me pretty big because obviously they're pretty tight. 
if Julio's answering his calls and, you know, all this other stuff. I don't know. That just – that irked me when I saw that. Get your money, Julio, and leave Shannon Sharp. What's his face out of it? I mean, definitely sounded like you didn't know he was on live air. It's like the least diplomatic Julio's ever been on record. Uh, so, you know, if they didn't tell him he was on record before the call started, that's definitely like – not good ethics wise, not good at all. I know one of the agents tweeted out he doesn't let his clients go on undisputed ever. Uh, but Julio does have one of the better agents in the league. So you think he would know, but it didn't sound like he knew. Brutal. Yeah, you would definitely think you would know if, if him and Shannon Sharp are that tight. You know, Shannon Sharp is always on undisputed at this time from this time. But you probably don't think about it when your friend's calling you and you're like, hey, let me, Shannon's calling me. Let me, let me pick up. Hey, boys, as professional journalists, you know, here as professional media guys, we would never do such a thing here ever. So Julio, come on the show. You're safe. This is a safe space for you here at the pub. That's because we didn't have Julio Jones's number, but yes, you're right. All right. right. We weren't going to say that, Matt. All right. (laughs) Joey B. I got to brag on Joey B here. ACL's looking crisp, clean. He's throwing the ball. He's ready for week one. I'm ready for Joey B. T. Higgins. Chase to just let it rip. This whole offense is going to be brutal. To defenses, let me clarify. I think you were right on one step. It's just going to be brutal. And he's only 85% Parker, so don't go throwing out lies. He's going to be ready for week one. That's what I said. Yeah, the trick with ACLs, too, is you got to make sure that, you know, both legs are getting the work. So yeah. you have to match his new ACL to his other leg. And that's, you know, they're it's so fine-tuned at that level that they're going to crush it. And I don't have any doubts that Joey's going to be awesome. But again, not everyone's Adrian Peterson and is a freak like him who can just come back and break records. So, yeah, I hope the best for him. I really do. But you guys need to get that line fixed up real quick. They actually did some pretty good stuff with their line in the offseason, I think, personally. I hope so. And they, but they do have a tough week one matchup. So, yeah, our schedule does no favors. Yeah, that's all right. I have Daniel uh, Hunter coming after uh, Burrow. That's going to be tough. Against his old boy, Riley Reef. Yeah. Big Vikings fan, Alex, and uh, can't so wait to see about to say, I was about to say, did he say it's a tough matchup just because he's a Vikings fan? It's going to be tough. I mean, <laughs> Mike Zimmer defense against second-year quarterback. It's going to be tough for him. Yeah, that's fair. I do want to say, to be fair, on the Rodgers comment, you know, like in his first year, he's missed OTAs, but he has pretty publicly said, like after last year with uh, what they did with kind of the – the online workouts that was much favor more favorable for him and uh he liked that a lot better than the in-person and kind of like what brady said they didn't like the uh kind of the in-person they don't see much uh benefit to otas in person versus kind of doing their own thing yeah so may not be a whole lot to the story maybe smoke who knows we'll kind of see once we hit training camp because if he starts missing training camp, then the Packers genuinely have a problem. A big problem. Yeah, absolutely. Footy action, Matt. ...to play for, and that was who was going to get the final two spots in the Champions League. It was down to three teams, Chelsea, Leicester, and Liverpool. Leicester and Liverpool needed to... Uh, sorry, Chelsea and Liverpool needed a win to confirm their spots in the top four. Leicester needed a win and hope either Liverpool or Chelsea lost. And, well, two of the teams actually lost this weekend. And we're going to start at Villa Park, where Chelsea did lose. The Blues found themselves 2-0 down after 52 minutes gone. And, like, despite the scoreline, 
Chelsea had dominated the game. They had way many shots, way more shots than Villa, and they dominated, uh, had more possession of the ball. But, you know, no matter what they threw at Villa, they couldn't score until the 70th minute where Chilwell brought one back. <sighs> Despite that, they lost 2-1. And, uh, yeah, they lost 2-1, which is pretty shit for them. Now we're going to move on to Anfield, where Liverpool, to be fair to them, they've had a terrible season after dominating the Premier League last year. They finished third this year because they beat Palace. But, you know, they've gone through an injury crisis like no other this season. They've lost so many players. They've lost so many players, so many centre-backs, that they had to play midfielders in centre-back position. And then they lost those centre-midfielders. It's ridiculous what they've gone through this season. You know, and you won't hear me actually be sorry for the full ever, really. But to be fair, they've had an absolutely rough season. They played Crystal Palace and this game was all Liverpool. 1-2-0, dominated the game. With, Le- with Chelsea losing at Aston Villa, Leicester knew if they won, they would finish fourth. Leicester had spent, to this moment, had spent more time in the top four than any other team in the Premier League. Even more than Man City, despite the fact Man City um, you know, walked away of the league in the end. And it was an excellent start for the Foxes. Jamie Vardy scored a penalty in the 18th minute. Harry Kane scored an absolute scream of a volley in the 42nd to make a one-on. Starts the second half, Jamie Vardy won another penalty and then scored it to put him 2-1 up. With 15 minutes to go, Leicester were 2-1 up. They just needed to see out the remaining 15 minutes and they'll be playing in the top competition in Europe. What happened was an absolute choking and Cashless Michael, Leicester's keeper, had an absolute nightmare. A corner was whipped in. I believe it's 76th minute, I think. 76th minute. Cordell was whipped in. Kasper Schmeichel has come to punch the ball rather than actually catch it. And he's completely mistimed the punch. And as he's extended his arm, it's hit the back of his hand and it's gone in the back of his own net to make it 2 all. Ab- absolute brainless. 87th minute. Spurs on a counter-attack. Long ball up top. Really good play with Bale, Kane and Song. Harry King lays it off to Gareth Bale, who... Got a really cool and calm finish. Puts the ball to back of the net when there's four Leicester players and the keeper all in front of him. Really cool finish. 96th minute. A clearance from Spurs. Ball drops to Gareth Bell. He picks up the ball 40 yards from goal. Just dribbles it for like 35 yards. Dinks it past the keeper. Hits the post. Comes back to him, luckily. And, he's, and he makes sure it's the second time. And Leicester lost 4-2. Heartbreaking for Leicester. Heartbreaking for their fans. They've had a great season, I guess. They won the FA Cup. They were in the top four for so long, but they've just missed out again. It's pretty terrible for them. Pretty terrible ending for them. But they go again next year. It's even an accomplishment for them to compete with the big teams, but it's heartbreaking for them. But yeah, so there we go. That's the Premier League all wrapped up. Congrats to Manchester City. We go again in August, where I'm sure we'll do some sort of prediction thing. But yeah, no more Premier League to August. Till now, it is just Euros and transfer talk. And big game this weekend. Saturday, three o'clock Eastern time, the Champions League final. Manchester City versus Chelsea. This is the biggest game of the year in the domestic game. This is the trophy that Chelsea have yet to, uh, sorry, Manchester City have yet to win. 
Um, ever since they were bought by the uh, Sheikh El Sor, you know, Man City have won everything in England. They just are yet to win a Champions League. And I think they're going to do it. Um, Chelsea are a good side. Yeah, despite they lost to Aston Villa, they are a very good side. I just think City's best 11 is better than Chelsea's best 11. I just think City are a more real, more complete team, more well-rounded team. I think they're just a better side. And I'm going to go with a 2-0 Man City win. The game's going to be in Porto. People are flying from England to Portugal to the game uh, as international travel is starting to open up over here in Europe, which we're all big for, especially just before the Euros. Um, so, yeah, huge, absolutely huge. This should be an absolute cracking final. Some really good attacking players and then some unbelievable defensive players. Look out for Ruben Diaz. He's an absolute cracking player. But yeah, so there we go. That's what you've got to watch this weekend. Huge game. And after that, it's two weeks to the Euros where we're going to have to do uh, an absolute monster of a podcast on the Euros. Is the going to be the highlight of the sporting summer, potentially with the Olympics being a bit frail? And we're going to be doing a prediction league. So, uh, fellas, get your, do your research. We will be doing a prediction league. And I've already got the forfeit. Two weeks. You give us two weeks for research, huh? Two weeks. Oh, you no, I've only I've only given you one week, actually, because we're going to do the prediction this next week. All right. All right. You give us one week. Yeah. You give us one week of research. We're going to kick your red coat ass over yonder. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm excited for it. Euro challenge, boys. We got three challenges going on at once here. Yeah. And this one's going to be a little different. I'm going to pick a few games every day. And I want you guys to give me an actual score, like 1-0 Italy or 2-0 England. And you get three points for every score you get right. Yeah. So if you say if it's 2-1, so you pick Italy to beat Turkey 2-1 and it's 2-1, you get three points. But if you pick Italy to win 3-0, and it's 2-1, you get one point because you get the correct result. You see? I like my odds here, boys. I'm going to call my boy Raphael from my bookie. Get a little insider trading information. And hey. the, for- the forfeit, which I'm going to reveal now, it's a thing over here in England we call bum wraps. I don't, what the- I don't know what you call it in America, but essentially you bend over, somebody places a football 12 yards away from you, and they're allowed to kick as hard as they can at your ass. Yo, I'm here for this. That's yeah. what the loser has to do? That's what the loser has to do. Bend over. Someone puts the ball away from him and absolutely... And so what? there's going to be, what, there's five of us? So there's four people. So there's four kicks. <laughs> four kicks at your ass. I like it. Now, right. Matt, it's going to be a little Yo, difficult. Also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen these guys kick and I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> you should bring Damien in to kick for all the winners. Hell no. <laughs> Hold on, Slate. I don't mean to brag, but I was the backup punter in high school. Like I said, it means the ball's going to go flying over his head. You've got to, the, the hard thing is you've got to somehow keep it down, but get a bit of a, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. I'm here for it. Go ahead. Get your Cracker Jacks out. Pour up the beer. It's baseball time. Let's go, Slate. Listen, if you're not watching baseball right now, you're missing out on some of the best baseball that's being played since I've been alive. Right now, you know, we've got competitions throughout the entire 
the entire league. We've had six no-hitters this season, which is honestly, I can't remember a time where there was more than one in a season. We had four in May, two in April. Joe Musgrove to the Padres in April. Carlos Radon, April. John Means for the O's, May 5th. Wade Miley for the Reds. Spencer Turnbull for the Tigers. And Corey Kluber for the Yankees, all in May. And, dude, I'm telling you, like, unreal home run race, which as we're recording this, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just hit his 16th, which put him in the home run lead, followed up by Acuna at 15, uh, Adolis Garcia at 14, Shohei Atani, who is my MVP candidate, who I think is going to win it all. He pitches, plays left in the home run race. In batting average, you've got the top four within one one-hundredth of each other. In ERA, oh, sorry, in batting average, you've got RBIs all within three in the top five. Trey Mancini, Baltimore, let's go, uh, leading, leading the league in RBIs. Hits, you're all within five. Stolen bases is within five. In the pitching, you've got wins all within two. ERA, all within minimal number. I don't have the ERA up, but I looked it up a minute ago. It's pretty crazy. The only thing that's really standing out right now is the strikeouts with, and Shane Bieber for the Indians is in the lead with 98. I mean, it's just it's just crazy, man. It, baseball has been so much fun to watch this season. Other than my Orioles, they're 2-13 and 13 in their last 15 games, and they have dropped to number 29 in the power ranking. But speaking of power rankings, you've got pretty big, substantial changes. Padres are back at the top spot. Uh, they swept the Rockies and the Mariners this past week and also dismantled both of them. They had a plus 35 run differential, which in baseball is <laughs> pretty astronomical. They have the two guys that are pretty pretty big in their lineup, Trent Grisham and Manny Machado, potentially going on IR or IL. But they have enough firepower and a, and a pitching staff that leads the majors by a wide margin with a 2.59 ERA which is crazy for an entire staff. Tampa Bay, they are on a 10-game winning streak and have claimed at least a share of the AL East lead for the first time since the second day of the season. They did trade one of my favorite players, one of my favorite shortstops, Willie Adames, to the Brewers, but they've got Taylor Walls, who's off to a 3-8 and eight start since trading him, so they'll probably be fine. They've always played small ball, so nothing to worry about for the Rays. Dodgers were nine last week. And they're actually back up to the number three spot. They've got 11 wins in the last 12 and a seven-game winning streak. They're just all-around good team. If you want to see, watch more explosive, exciting team, the Dodgers is probably my pick. Or the Padres, either one. Yankees, unfortunately, have, have started turning on their 12-3 since their uh, last 15 games. Obviously, uh, starting pitching has been nuts with uh, Corey Kluber. Uh, he actually had – Almost another no-no, or had started off almost a no-no last week as well. But they've also had three other pitchers that have tossed seven scoreless innings. So that's like, that's that's a dominant. That's really all I got. And I'm telling you, I did it with hockey, people. Watch some baseball. I'm telling you, you've got some great young names coming up. Fernando Tatis, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Shohei Otani, three-way player, or two-way player, pitches, hits. Even is a monster in the outfield. Mike Trout, all these names, you got to watch it. 
Dude, Otani is just breathtaking to watch. Like, must-see TV anytime the Angels are on. You've got to watch him. Dude, he, he really is. He's a great pitcher. I'm pretty sure he throws in the high 90s and is also hitting bombs. I send you all videos of him all the time. And Vladimir Guerrero, his, his dad was one of my favorite players to watch for the longest time. And now he's out there hitting bombs just like his dad, if not better. Awesome young talent to watch. Slate, I, I'm loving baseball right now. I mean, highlights every night we can just lock on to. If we could do the pub every night, we'd talk about baseball every night because it's just so amazing to watch. Yeah, and it, it's it's almost, I would say, the most comparable thing to baseball is like hockey uh, as far as, you know, the amount of games that are on. I feel like hockey is on every night. Baseball is 100% on every night. They obviously have a ridiculous schedule, so they're always playing. Right now, this is probably some of the best baseball I've watched in a long time. And I want to give a shout-out, or not really a shout-out, a scorn. If Vladimir Guerrero does not get a hitting buff in MLB The Show 21, I might implode. <laughs> Call him out, to, baby. Yeah, if, you want, if, you're, if you're listening and you play the show, come at me, Waka X, Duh X, Hut on Xbox, and uh, we'll run it. Okay, this one's super random. I asked Courtney it today, and we had a little debate on it. So, if you had to pick a fruit to win a fight against all of other fruits, which fruit would you pick? I feel like you got to go dragon fruit, maybe? Just based off the name? Yeah. I didn't think about I mean, dragon fruit. It, it looks pretty cool, honestly. Like It's a cool-looking fruit, you know, before you cut into it. Still does kind of look cool after you cut into it, but, like, I mean... It's called a dragon fruit. It's got like kind of spikes to it. That's a good one. I didn't think of dragon fruit. Yeah, I'm gonna go dragon fruit. Tim, what you got? Easy. Tomato. You're, you're the biggest troll. I swear. Oh, that's it. okay. Exactly. The tomato is a stealth fruit, so you don't think it, and then you know you have a fruit coming into the fight, and they're like, "What the heck is this vegetable doing here?" And then the the tomato just whoops their tail. It's like, dog, I'm a fruit. Actually, that had way more uh, logic behind it than I thought it would. So yeah, that's fair. A lot stealth, more logic. Stealth fruit, tomato. I can't top those two answers. <laughs> Cracking answers, honestly. But I'm going to say a nectarine. I just really like nectarines. Always have a nectarine to me. I do love nectarines. That's good. That is, that's top notch. I'm going to combine an apple and a pine tree. I'm going pineapple. Tough armor on the outside. Large fruit. Big umbrella branches to protect itself from hell t- tomatoes coming out on top. Going pineapple. Yeah, pineapple. But, that's that's pretty good choice I'm, because you got the I'm gonna beat all show. of them. I am going to pull out the defensive mastermind of the coconuts. <laughs> the coconut's just gonna sit there and take blows. And nobody's gonna be able to do a damn thing to it. Forgot about the coconut. And while everybody's bruised and battered and soft and you know, shitty like Roots get when you drop it on the ground. Coconut's still going to be there, flipping ass. I've just thought of a game changer, absolute game changer. I've got a pen. I've got a pineapple, pineapple pen. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> the coconut. See, I understand the logic with the coconut, but like, what attack does a coconut have? Like, it's it just like Metapod from Pokemon. Right, it just, it just it's hard. like an armadillo. 
you know? Like I, like I said, your tomato is going to come hit my coconut, and your tomato is just going to get bashed in. It's like hitting a brick wall. Dog. See? Stamina for years. Tomato juice is acidic. I'll just... I'll just... I'll just smash myself on the coconut and just let it sit there for hours until you soften up. <laughs> what we need is a three-way attack or a four-way attack here between all of us against Devin's coconut. But Tim, you're the first one to go. <laughs> Tim's coughing them up. Tomaso <laughs> yeah. hits my pineapple pen. It's just going straight through it. My, my pen <laughs> goes straight through the Tomaso. Hey, one hell of an episode. One hell of a year, boys. We made it, Mama. We made it. Uh, episode 52 in the books. As always, be a friend. Tell a friend about the pub. We appreciate the hell out you for hopping on with us. And hey, until next week. Bye. Have a wonderful time. Here's to another 52 in a bit. Go well. Yeah. 52 more. Just one. <laughs>